Welcome to the Gill Athletics Connections Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Cunningham, National Sales Manager for Gill Athletics. Our goal today is to connect you with coaches from around the world to learn their journey, share their stories, and just figure out who they are and what they're all about. So without further ado, let's get on and find out what today's guest has in store for us. Thanks again for joining us here on the Gill Athletics Track and Field Connections podcast. I've got another just really I'm humbled at all the guests that we've had here on the show. Uh, you know, if you go back and look at our past ones, Dana Boone, Karen Dennis, uh, just amazing, amazing guests. And today is no different, except for she's also amazing. So help me welcome today's guest, the queen javelin thrower, javelin coach herself, April Thomas from Mississippi State. April, how are you? I am doing great. I am blessed this morning. I almost made you a javelin thrower in that intro. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to learn that javelin throwing actually has almost nothing. Well, I don't know. We'll find out. But I know as far as your athletic background, javelin has nothing to do with your athletic background. That is very true. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know since everybody has seen the social media announcements for today's um, uh, conversation, and people know about Mississippi State and what you have done and are doing there. Everybody wants, they think they're gonna, we're gonna talk nothing but javelin today. Uh, and while we will talk javelin, it's not gonna be all javelin. While, while Mississippi State is jav you, this is not the jav podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> but we are here to learn and honor your journey in this great sport and this great profession of track and field coaching. So let's, before we get into javelins, I'm going to make you listen to the whole podcast to get to the javelin part if you're here just for javelins, which I'm, I'm glad you are here for. Let's start with your background, April. Where did track and field start for you and how did it go? What, what led you to track and field? Track and field started for me when, in sixth grade. Um, it's funny story is when I initially started track, I started off thinking I was the fastest two thing on two feet. Yes, I thought I was going to be a sprinter. Wow, nice. Yes. And uh, it was funny because uh, my middle school coach and my mom were friends. So my mom was basically like, you know, if you got to do an extracurricular activity after school, you can't do nothing. So started doing track, started running. The coach is like, April, you're, you're not built for this. You know, <laughs> you know I, I, don't, I don't want you to quit, but I just want you to let you know you're not built for, for sprinting. You know, and I was like, no, dead said, no, I want to run. I, I'm fast, you know, not thinking in my mind, April, you're, you're fast for a big girl. <laughs> so that the, the sprinting thing didn't quite work out for me. So I was like, okay, then I'm, I'm going to jump. And the, the coach was like, no, I think you should throw some stuff. And I was like, I don't want to throw. I, I'm going to jump, you know, tried jumping, got embarrassed the first meet, oh. didn't even make the pit. <laughs> I I remember this, did not even make the pit. So I was like, well, it looks like I'm going to be throwing. <laughs> Haven't even picked up a shot or a discus and coach was like, well, just go over there and throw. And I picked it up and threw. And I think like with the 6K, I think I threw like in sixth grade, like 38 or 40 feet. So my coach was like, no, not, yes, this is. <laughs> not the 6K. Not the six key, six, uh, oh, six pound. I'm sorry. I was, first of all, I was I'm like, what cruel coach, middle school coach, <laughs> made you throw six K right off the bat. <laughs> you, I, I love that you started out as a, a sprinter, honestly. First of all, I love the attitude yeah. of like no limitations. Like, I don't care yeah. 
what you think. I'm going to at least try it. I, I love that. Right. Actually. Uh, and I love the, you know, as we'll learn about your athletic um, background, you know, athletes are going to athlete, you know, you know what I'm saying? Just, yeah. you know, you're not just a thrower. You may be a thrower, but you yeah. can also sprint. I love, you know, when back, uh, in, you know, I was at Mississippi state just before you got there, you know, we used to line some of the throwers up against some of the jumpers and stuff. And for a good yeah. 20, 30 yards, meters. Yeah. You hang. I mean, you've got to be yeah. figured to be a good thrower. So I love that yes. attitude uh, of just no quit. Did you were you playing any other sports at all, or was this just on track right now? No, I know in middle school I started off doing uh, a basketball, softball, and doing track, and then it just from there it went from middle school to high school, and then when I got to college I had a brief stint of playing JUCO basketball, and then. I just like, oh, I'm just going to walk away and just stick with track. Yeah. I thought you, you know, spoiler alert, she went to the University of Tennessee for her undergrad. I thought you were about to tell me for a second you did basketball at Tennessee and I was about to be unbelievably I would have loved impressed, to. right? Yeah, exactly. Like, I would have loved to. If Pat Summit would have had me, I would have for sure been on that team. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> what, um, so when you first threw that shot, was it, there a natural connection with you or was this just like, oh, okay this is what I'm supposed to be for track and field. It, it, it was, uh, as much as I fought it, it was a natural connection with it. I was like, yes, okay, this is where I belong. This is where I need to be. So, I, and it was no turning back after that. I just, you know, just ran with it from there. <laughs> no, no more 100 meter dashes. and No more 100 meter dashes. <laughs> well, I will say this though, when I did get to high school, uh, my high school coach made everybody at the end of practice run a lap. So, one day I just asked them, I was like, say, instead of the end of practice, can I just, you know, get on the line with the, the 400 runners while they're doing, uh, you know, a, a session or whatever. And I must say, I, this is honest to God truth. I ran a 59 in the 400. Yes, I ran a 59 in 400. Now, I don't, yes. don't want to doubt you, Rachel. <laughs> Are you, seriously, you ran a 59? I ran a 59 in the, in the 400. What and my this? coach was shocked. It, like, even when I talk to him about him now, like Coach Smith was shocked. <laughs> what shocked. I, what did I say just a minute ago? Athletes going to athlete? Holy yes. cow. Yes. Yes. That, well, you better be glad. I, I hope that means that they had other quarter milers that were a little bit faster because you might have been <laughs> sucked into the four by four team. Yeah. No, then we had a few that was a little bit faster. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do. And I will say this too that that was also the last time I did that too because I was like, <laughs> The lactic acid build up, good lord! Like no, absolutely, it was never done again. <laughs> never done again. One and done. I hear you. Yes, <laughs> yes. I that's the pain that I had. I just wouldn't wish on nobody. <laughs> well, uh, because of what you know, occur, you know, we we have hindsight right now, twenty twenty, uh, for <laughs> what your career and uh, athletically and. Um, uh, professionally as a coach I'm so glad it didn't work out because you yeah. might have been led on a whole different path I'm glad we're yes. here to, to talk about throws that's so awesome. yes that's still <laughs> that is really like I, I mean again I, you, know, you just go back to athleticism I mean that's that's yeah. true athleticism I, I love that yeah. it's really amazing so how did you go to high school um beyond that stint of a 59 second quarter at practice <laughs> uh focused on the shot and the discus through high school mm -hmm. and, and how mm -hmm. did that go it went pretty good. Uh, I want to say up to maybe two or three years ago, and it, it, I haven't checked. I haven't checked since. Um, I still held the state record for class 3A in the shot put yeah. back in um, in Georgia. Uh, I, I, like I said, I need to check and see if it's still, it's still upheld, but it had a pretty good uh, a 
good high school career. And I actually had a really good training pro, uh, partner too uh, while I was there uh, by a guy named Kurt Quarterman. Uh, he, he ended up throwing like two something in a disc and he was over 60 feet in the shot put. Um, I think he went to, I went on to, to Louisville to play football and then on to a brief stint in the NFL as well. So wow. yeah, I had a really good coach and a training partner. So that was, I was very fortunate. What were you guys, you know, you were the athlete, so it, it was, you probably weren't, um, it wasn't in your purview to, to focus on, but you said you had, you know, the, the guy, the boy teammate and you, and you guys were throwing obviously very high, you know, state record in any state is, is really good, right? And Georgia right. is a, a well-respected high school uh, right. state track, um, uh, track for state, for a state. What was coach doing? What, first of all, what was coach's name? Oh, uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> That's okay. That's all right. Well, the head coach was uh, my basketball coach. That was Coach Smith. Um, okay. I can't call his first name. <laughs> what, what was Coach doing to learn to throw, to coach? You know, back then, so we're, we're probably what years? Oh, three, oh, four? Uh, my boy, I graduated high school in 02. Okay. So, yeah. So, 98 to 02. Yeah, 98 yeah. to 02. So, you know, nowadays, you know, we've got it pretty good right i can go yes uh, i could probably go online right now and hear april thomas speak on the javelin you know somewhere mm -hmm. online you know youtube and uh you know a lot of um state clinics have their videos up and things like that but back then we didn't have you know youtube still wasn't right. even invented so we still wrote right. books and vhs mm -hmm. and things like mm -hmm. that do you have any kind of idea what coach was doing to help learn his craft to help you guys uh, I was very fortunate enough where I did have a coach that had a background in track and field. He actually did the Motis in college uh, while he was in, uh, in school. So I was very fortunate where I had a coach that had a background in, in all the events. Um, so um, he lived, he knew a little bit about the throws. So, yeah. And then, go ahead. I'm sorry. And then obviously, you know, just trying to, you know, at that time, you know, just you know, I don't know if a lot of people know, but, you know, I didn't, growing up, you know, I didn't have a lot of people like me throwing. So, you know, then when I found out about um, Connie Price Smith at Ole Miss, yeah. you know, I was like, that was kind of about like somebody I kind of looked up to and I was like, okay, you know, I, I may have a future in throwing somewhere. Yeah. You know, that, 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 uh, that's a great t uh, lesson, I guess there, you know, that mm -hmm. representation matters. So you saw someone mm -hmm. who looked like you and mm -hmm. helped you to realize like, oh, well, gosh, then I can do this. Right. Right. And right. Not, a, not a bad person to look up to, by the way. Absolutely <laughs> right. You're right. You're absolutely uh, right. Right. Great athlete, great person, great coach. I mean, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Amazing. Absolutely. Yeah, love her to death. Um, you know, it's interesting going back to what coach was doing to help. And, you know, he was a multi-athlete, so he had some background, but his mm -hmm. background was how he was coached. And right. Maybe some books or, you know, things like that. Um, right. You know, we talk a lot about today, you know, in 2020 and 2021, uh, some of the performances that are going on out there, right? You know, Ryan Krauser is setting the world record in the shot put, oh, man. Uh, you know, sprints and jumps are out of this world. Uh, in fact, mm -hmm. uh, speaking of Connie, I think, you know, when, when we're, we're recording this, it's right before the NCAA indoor championships. Uh, Ole Miss has two weight throwers at 23 meters Three. plus. Um, yeah. First I, time I, in history, I believe. I, I think so. Yeah, that's that's what yeah. I read. And I, you know, I, I didn't look it up, but sounded good to me. So I was good for it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not going to fact check someone who says that. Um, right. But um, it's interesting to me, you know, there's a lot of talk, talk, talk about, you know, for distance running right now, the shoes and, um, mm -hmm. you know, how much, uh, you know, not having a 2020 season, did that help athletes? Cause they're kind of going on two years uh, plus mm -hmm. a lot of rest and stress, uh, de-stress 
uh, mm -hmm. competitions, things like that. But I also wonder this technology and communication side of life that a coach like you can now go affect hundreds of other coaches to help them get better within a matter of minutes, right? Like I said, a YouTube video, uh, uh, gosh, right now someone could literally tweet you and get a response from you where right. in the past back in, and I, you know, we're not going back that far here. Uh, you right. know, the early uh, 2000s, you know, you had to find a phone number in uh, yeah. a, a payphone. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, an email, which was still not big, you know, there was email of course, but not, you know, it wasn't on our phone and in our right. second. Uh, right. So our, our education for coaches was much more on a broader scale of who I talked to and who coached mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting yep. to see the evolution of coaching and communication and coaching and where that's uplifted our athletes. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, when I first started off, you know, I was still kind of doing it the, the old fashioned way where you go shadow a coach, you know, you go in, you know, sit down, hey, the good old pen to paper, mm -hmm. you know, taking notes and stuff like that. So, I mean, I, I still I still have some of those notes that I have to go back and refer to even 13 years later. Well, let's learn more about that. But let's put a pin in that. Let's keep keep going on your journey so mm -hmm. what were you thinking as you set the state record and you're obviously throwing really well at a high level what were you mm -hmm. thinking for school not only on like location uh but also like major like what were you thinking about to study to be quite honest with you i, I was not even thinking about that i was just thinking get through high school because i am over school mm. i was like it was not for me i was like thank god i had a outlet of sports uh, year round where, you know, I went from softball to basketball to track and then in the summer I, I would do basketball. So thank God for, you know, I had that outlet for that or I probably, to be honest, which wouldn't have made it through high school. Um, it wasn't literally probably to my, the end of my junior year where I realized, okay, like I might have a future in this, even though I love throwing and love, you know, playing basketball and you know doing softball, you know, I, I just wasn't, you know, thinking beyond high school until probably the end of my junior year where I, I start to get a little bit more serious about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, where'd you end up going out of high school and out of high school, out of high school, I ended up going to a junior college in Kansas, Cloud County Community yeah. College. Uh, yes. Um, which I loved my experience there. Um, so it got me to, you know, experience things I never thought I would experience in life outside of track and field, meeting new people. Yeah. Um, to this day, I have, uh, since I was from Georgia, they gave me a, a host family um, to kind of make me feel kind of at home. And to this day, I still keep in touch with them. Um, I try to go out at least once a year to, to go visit, uh, uh, but the pandemic put a pin in it this year. So I wasn't go, uh, able to go, um, but I thoroughly enjoyed my, my time out there working with um, uh, Ted Schmidt, who's the the women's coach. And then uh, Harry Kitchener was the main coach. I uh, love those guys. So uh, they are definitely hold, still hold a dear place in my heart because, uh, they, you know, working with those guys, you know, it's just initially they were like, you know, we're going to do this together. You know, I may, I may not be the best shot put coach or I might not be the best weight coach, but we're going to learn this together. So, and that's exactly what we did. That's awesome. That's exactly what we did. <laughs> And those are two legends, by the way. Uh, and I'm a I'm a coaching product of the JUCO system, specifically yeah. the Kansas Jayhawks. I used to have to go yeah. up against Cloud County. I was yeah. Like, uh, yeah. But became great friends with Ted and Harry Kitchener, who was just a um, 
a living legend at this point. Yes. He's just a great guy, a great advocate for our sport. Uh, it's interesting, yeah. I thought, when you said that you quite enjoyed your time at Cloud County. And, mm. and this is not a um, indication of Cloud County, my question mm. here. It's more on uh, the Kansas Jayhawk system. You know, we're in mm. small towns, right? Chinook, mm -hmm. Kansas, West Bend. Uh, Hutchinson is probably one of the bigger. <laughs> yeah, Hutchinson was one of the bigger. <laughs> yeah, now, now that Johnson County unfortunately dropped their program up in uh, yeah. the city. Um, but especially, you know, coming from Georgia. So very similar, right? I came from Alabama and went straight mm -hmm. to Kansas. You mm -hmm. come from Georgia. Uh, you know, it's different there. Not only small town, but, you know, our accents right. were not the same. We were, right. our, our accents were not welcomed in Kansas. Yes. <laughs> I Absolutely should say, not. I should say not welcome because it wasn't like they were mean, but uh, let's just say right. we stood out with our accents. Definitely stood out. Yes. But, but you enjoyed um, just kind of the, I mean, it's a small town atmosphere. At the, yes. The yes. You enjoyed that and the host family. Yes, I did. You know, it's in um, a small town of Concordia, Kansas. So going from, uh, I'm from Albany, Georgia. So uh, that's about 100,000 people going to uh, Concordia, who the whole town is probably maybe 5,000. Mm -hmm. um, so they made my hometown look like it was Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> that's, good. that's a good example. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But I really, I really enjoyed it, you know, just, you know, outside of, you know, track and field, you know, I, I did stuff, I, I experienced stuff like going canoeing. I know I'm not a big, you know, country girl, you know, I'm a city girl, you know, I don't, don't do a lot of water, mainly because I don't know how to swim, unfortunately. But, you know, <laughs> doing stuff like going canoeing, camping, uh, I, I went cow tipping. Yes, that is a thing. Or we're tempted to do cow tipping, shall I say. <laughs> Are the statute of limitations over on Cal? That's a that's illegal, April. Yes. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. It was a long time ago. Back when go. I was immature, didn't know. And I got to, I don't know if you heard of, but I uh, I got caught up in uh, snipe hunting. I don't know if you ever heard of that. Well, you have. Yeah, you've been in the Kansas system. Yes. So they tricked me into going snipe hunting. So I fell for it. <laughs> you know, this is recorded. You sure you want to admit that you fell? For snipe hunting i fell for it i absolutely did i you know, fell for it I, i'm always amazed at the humbleness and authenticity and <laughs> realness <laughs> of our guest uh, no one else has admitted to snipe hunting so thank you for yeah <laughs> yes I'll, I'll be leading our social media post with snipe hunting now which i never thought i would there, do that's awesome there you go <laughs> and i love that you still have contact with your host family like i mean so, I do. you know cloud county wasn't just a stop on your your life it, it was a meaningful no. part of your life it really was it really was i i am very thankful for that family you know they was you know cook home cook meals for me uh when i left to go track me make sure like I, if it was anything i needed you know sometime coming to the track meet so i am very thankful for them for you know making me feel at home so i'm forever indebted to to Mama Tina and and Daddy Daddy Walsh, they was Rob and Tina Walsh. That's awesome. Yes. And shout yes. out to them. That's uh, yes. you, know, you talk about selflessness. Uh, they, yes, they didn't have to do that by any stretch no. of imaginations, and they yes. didn't have to do it so well either. They could have right. done half the stuff, and you'd be like, "Man, those guys were awesome." But they they brought you into their family. Like so, you're still visiting yes. them. I mean, that's yes, that, yes, that's, that's life transformational. You know, it is, it is. And they had three kids of their own. So, um, 
you know, I called them my sisters, three girls. I called them my sister and, and um, the middle one, she just, you know, just not, not too long ago got married and she just had her first child maybe a, a month or two ago. So that's so awesome. Yes. That's so cool. I love hearing that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So after cloud, uh, well, first of all, at cloud was your first introduction to the weight grow, right? It was, it was. Do you remember the first practice? How did that go? What did you think about this pretty crazy, but awesome event? I was like a deer in headlights. <laughs> I tell you, I, I picked that thing up. I just, I warned everybody in the building to back up because I didn't know which direction this thing was going to go. <laughs> it just learned the first couple of months. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised to this day. Like I don't, my left hand is not as bad as it is because I was pulling the mess out of that weight. <laughs> I mean, pulling like I still, it's a little rough to this, but it's, it was bad. So, but once I got the hang of it, you know, it, it started to line it up. It, it, it was a little bit better. It was a little bit better. <laughs> Did you end up, you know, it's a completely different event from really anything. You know, it's closest is the hammer, of course, but right. it's, it's different from the hammer. Uh, did you, yes. you know, some people fall in love with the weight throw. Did you fall in love with it or were you still a shot discus primarily? I, my, my love, my first love all would be shot, but I did kind of fall in love with the weight and hammer, mainly because it was one, it was something new for me. You know, I wanted to be good at it. Um, so even when like we transitioned from the weight in, in, into the hammer, it still was kind of tough. You know, if they go from this big ball who's like controlling you to a lighter ball who, you know, you got to slow it down and control the ball because if not, you're just going to be all over the place. But I, I thoroughly enjoyed trying to learn it. Uh, I did my best at it. Probably could have done a little bit better, but uh, I, I really loved it. I really loved it. That's interesting. You just said something there that um, I'd like to explore a little bit more. You said it was something new. You liked it because it was something new for you. Yes, yes. So that makes me first think about Cloud County. You know, you're going from Albany, Georgia, which is a healthy city, 100,000. I mean, that's a, mm -hmm. that's a city. Uh, yeah, going to Kansas. Now, I don't mm -hmm. care if you'd have went to Kansas City, uh, you know, big city, you went to the mm -hmm. middle of nowhere, Kansas, and that's every <laughs> Juco. I'm not bashing on cloud, trust me. Harry and Ted, I know you're listening. I love you. <laughs> this is not about Concordia. This is Hutch, West, this is all of them, man. Yes. Uh, Pratt, uh, Allen, Coffeeville, you're all in that you're, mix. Love you yes. guys, but we're in towns of 10,000 and less, basically. Yes. Uh, was there an intrigue for you going to cloud because it was new or was there homesickness, fear? Well, it was definitely a little fear, you know, going from, you know, South, South Georgia, mm -hmm. all the way up to Kansas. Um, so it was, I, like I said, being that I didn't take, you know, track early on that being that I didn't take it as serious. So by the time I, you know, kind of did academically wise, you know, I was me going to my ideal school of Universal Georgia was just out of the question. So I ended up going to junior college. And fortunate for me, um, I had a teammate the year before to go out there. So uh, when I was kind of from high school to, to cloud. Yes. Oh, yes. He was an 800 nice. runner. Yeah. Nice. His name was Island Whitaker. Yes. Okay. So um, when I went, when I was researching junior college and stuff, um, you know, I called him was like, hey, how do you like it? And stuff like he was like, no, for me, it's good. You know, I'm, I'm focusing on just running. So if you just come out here, focus just on throwing, it just be perfect for you. So going out there, at least I, I felt I felt a little bit comfortable because I knew someone, you know, he, you know, yeah. So he been there a year already. So he kind of when I got there, kind of like showed me the ropes a little bit, introduced, yeah. introduced me to people. So uh, I, it was a little, little familiarity there because I knew someone. Yeah. But uh, go ahead. 
Well, I was going to say what I love about, and I'm so glad that I got to experience it as a coach for junior college, um, because if you don't, if if you haven't been an athlete at junior college or a coach at junior college, you know, Mm -hmm. you you don't know what's in it, right? And so, you know, you talked about, you know, you went junior college because of grades, because of academics, right? right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I love the, um, I don't want to call it second chance, although, you know, what is the the Netflix show, Last Chance You? Um, Yeah. yeah. Certainly it felt that way at certain points. Uh, Even for my career, it's like, is this it? I'm just here. Okay, that's good. Um, Yeah. (laughs) But I do love, you know, we all deserve second chances and third and fourth chances. Let's be real. Mm -hmm. We're, We're imperfect human beings. I love this system from the national junior college system to the California community college system that uh, kids who, you know, maybe didn't understand how important grades were in high school, maybe didn't have right. those, those role models, as you mentioned about seeing Tani and going, wait a minute. Oh, okay. Someone like me can do this. Um, right. You know, we don't have those. Not everybody has those situations and are blessed and privileged to have right. that. So to have a chance of like, oh, okay, made these mistakes, but I got a place that can welcome me and help me bounce back. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So I love that. You know, I, to me, you know, I've loved you for a long time, April. Being a junior <laughs> kid, which I just learned, is even better to me. I just love the the resiliency of going through the junior college system. Yes. So now you went to Tennessee, which we already discussed. So from Cloud to Tennessee, mm-hmm. but you said growing up, and you're a Georgia girl, so this makes sense, right? Georgia yeah. was your dream school. Where did you look at coming out of Cloud? Did you get to go visit Georgia, and how did you settle in Tennessee? I, I did go to. Uh, <laughs> Funny story. Hopefully, Don is not. I'm not gonna say upset with me, but <laughs> but you know they recruited me. You no, know, out of high school, me and my teammate Kurt Quarterman. They uh they recruited uh, both of us. And uh, uh, unfortunately, like I said, I wasn't able to go to them straight out of high school. Because if if I was, I, that's exactly where I would have went. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, going to JUCO and stuff like that. You know, they, they was and they did mention like different JUCOs to me throughout the country, not just Kansas and stuff like that, you know, just saying, you know, if you're thinking of going to Juco route, just threw out some names. So I ended up going to Cloud, and then while I was there, you know, went on a visit from, to Georgia while I was out there, and ended up going to Tennessee, so, <laughs> so and, they, and they were kind of the one to kind of help me a little bit to go, you know, to choosing a, a Juco, so that's why I say I hopefully done is not <laughs> too upset that I did and you know I, lo- I admired um, Don so much you know a lot of my coach philosophy I've actually gotten from the, the material he's putting out so uh, <laughs> I, hopefully he is more of a colleague now versus athlete coach <laughs> well, yeah, you, you guys are uh, battling every SEC conference championship and uh, I'm sure a couple of recruits or two uh, are between you and Don and, yeah yeah, so, yes. uh, yeah 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 I wonder, you know, I got to get Don on the show one day and ask him, so how's it feel to recruit a kid and then, you know, 20 years later, <laughs> recruit against that kid? <laughs> Don, if you're listening, I love you, man. You know that. Uh, and he is, it's still a, it's still a, I ain't mean to cut you off. It's, okay. it's still a, a, that intimidation steer there because, you know, he's such a great coach, such a great coach. And I feel, some days I feel like, you know, even if I'm in this business, 30 years from now, I, my, my resume still might not look as well as his, but if it can look similar or somewhat to it, I'm, I've done a good job. I, I'm with you. You know, you have far surpassed the amount of years that I was at Mississippi State. Uh, mm-hmm. But when I first got to Mississippi State, you know, I loved it. Like, I'm, I kind of consider myself an unofficial Mississippi State alum. I had such a great time and loved the people that were on mm-hmm. our team and on our staff at the time and still, you know, hold it very dear to my heart. But mm-hmm. when I got there, 
and I remember it, it happened when I was recruiting. I remember one of the first recruits I called and they were like, uh, yeah, our top five, my top five is uh, Florida, Mouse Holloway. Yes. Um, Baylor, Clyde Hart. Um, yeah. <laughs> USC, Texas. And I was like, oh my goodness, not only am I up against those guys and gals, but wait a minute, a guy like Mouse at Florida, like that was my, that was one of my idols, right? Like, yes. Oh, now it's not just I get to call him up and learn from him. Like, I got to, I got to figure out how to beat this guy. Mm-hmm. And by the way, he's got a heck of a head start on me. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's like, wait a minute, this feels like the impossible task. And yes, I don't know about you, but you know, it felt to me a little bit, I had to get over it very quickly, uh, but it felt a little maybe it's, I don't know if it's just me and the way I grew up, but it, maybe it's a Southern thing. So maybe you can relate. Yeah. It felt a tiny bit. It sounds so weird. Disrespectful. Yes. Right. Yes. Not that I was, you know, I never, and I, I hated it. I still don't do it now in, in the private sector here at, at Yale. Uh, never negative recruited. Cause I just felt like, wait a minute. If, 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 a coach, yeah, if a coach only has negative things to tell you, well, that means they don't have enough positive things about their right. philosophy and, and university, et cetera. So it was never negative right. recruited. It was just like, like I'd call a kid and he'd be like, yeah, you know, looking at a, uh, you know, mouse at uh, Florida as well. And I'd be like, oh yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm the same way. I'm the exact same way. Yeah. Yes. Like, what do you want to tell you? The dude's amazing, right? What? Yes. <laughs> you, sh- you probably should pick him over me. <laughs> <laughs> I am the exact same way. Yes. <laughs> that's why I didn't sign very many kids. at Mississippi. <laughs> so you break Don's heart and you go to Tennessee. Who, who was the throws coach at the time? At the time, uh, Kathy Erickson was yeah. the throws coach there. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so Kathy was your coach for the two, the two plus years? Yes, two years. That was it. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, that's awesome. She's, I love her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, Very yes. Cool. And uh, JJ Clark was the head, clo- the head coach. Oh, right. Yeah, yes. very cool, yes. man. So uh, what did you get your degree in and what were you thinking for career-wise? Uh, I got my degree, my undergrad degree in uh, sociology. Mm-hmm. Um, there while I was there at Tennessee and it's funny because when I was there I was like okay really didn't have a plan to literally it was like almost time for me to graduate mm-hmm. so I was like you know with social work uh initially you know doing a little research uh, um of, of of sociology they had a branch of it where you can do uh medical research so I was like okay that might be something I would like to do you know because I like when, when it comes to stuff with the body and stuff like that I it really interests me so even though I was bad at science and math, <laughs> but that stuff, you know, it really interests me. So I was like, maybe I can, you know, go that route, you know, try to figure out a way to get in that sector of uh, medical research, um, go to grad school. Um, after I was done, that was, that was my plan. Hopefully, you know, to, you know, stay there, go to grad school, help out with a track team while, you know, trying to get my master's and stuff. That was my, my goal. But, um, JJ was you no, know, when I was finishing up, basically it was like, hey, uh, you know, what do you want to do? I was like, well, I, you know, I kind of want to do, you know, do social, medical research branch of uh, sociology. If not that, if I could get that, maybe social work, you know, um, maybe just stay in the area. If uh, if I can't, like, if I didn't, I didn't decide to go to grad school or something like that, I said, if I do get into grad school, I would love to stay here, maybe, you know, help out with the track team, you know, have some in uh, jobs out around town, continue to work with Knoxville Track Club and the high school and stuff like that. And I worked at a marble slab uh, ice creamery too. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, I was a busy woman. I was a busy woman. <laughs> ain't busy, but that's dangerous. Come on, marble yes. slab. I could not work there. That'd be not good. For, I'd get fired because, you know, I'd, I'd do the, uh, you know, you get one, I get one. <laughs> yes. You get one? Okay, well, then I get one. <laughs> yes. Yes. So you, mentioned so, you know, it, it, once I, uh, 
realized that, you know, he was like, you know, what about coaching? I was like, I would love to coach. Like, you know, I was already doing it. Like I said, the high school and the track club. I was, I would love to coach. He was like, well, you know, if that's something you want to do, he's like, go coach. <laughs> so, you know, he, he pretty much kind of showed me the ins um outs of like how to, you know, apply for the coaching jobs that was out, you know, doing, doing the time, just going to the NCAA website and, you know, find stuff that was open, you know, so I applied for any coach job underneath the sun, what was vision one, two, three, NAIA, JUCO, what I applied for everything. So uh, I got a few uh, bites here and there. I think uh, LaTeX and um, Louisiana Monroe, actually, I think they, they contacted me. And it's funny because the first thing that LaTeX asked me was uh, how, like, how's my background in javelin? Of course, they're in Louisiana. Yeah. Yeah. Right. How's my background in Jack? Because at the time, they had some really good javelin throwers. I was like, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I was like, that's the one event I did not do. So I don't have any experience. So, yeah. Yeah. So it it is funny because, like, (laughs) once, like, I heard that. I was like, well, you know, if if you're going to coach, you got to learn javelin. That's that's still a throwing event. (laughs) It's still a throwing event. So, you know, just like literally, maybe, a month or two before I was supposed to graduate, I hadn't heard anything from anybody out of all the jobs I applied for, which is fine because, you know, my secondary plan was, you know, stay there, go to grad school, you know, maybe help out with the team and stuff like that and still have my in and all jobs out around town as well. And like literally maybe a month or two, a month before I was supposed to graduate, Mississippi State called, asked, was I looking for a job? And I was like, uh, yes, <laughs> still looking for a job. <laughs> yes. You know, they, they brought me in on the interview, and uh, I've been here ever since. Wow. Uh, a couple things there. You mentioned the Knoxville Track Club. Mm-hmm. Was Charles Ryan there during that time? Yes. Yeah. We've, we've had yes. him on the show, and he mentioned Knoxville Track Club was like, like a huge part of his development mm-hmm. as a coach and everything. So that's so cool. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I love when paths cross. That's so cool. Um, yes. <laughs> what, what was it about, you know, JJ said, you know, do you want to coach? And mm-hmm. I believe you said, uh, I'm going to paraphrase it maybe a little bit, um, that you hadn't thought about that. Like, oh, yeah. I would love to coach. I hadn't thought about that. What was it about? Yeah. Why? What What didn't lead you towards coaching until JJ happened to mention it? I think it's at that time where, you know, I was fresh off being an athlete, finishing up my eligibility. And I had been like nonstop since basically high school you know, nonstop, you know, going into college and then adding school on top of that. So in a kind of a sense, I was a little burnt out. So I was like, you know, if I, if I got away from it, I would have been okay. Mm-hmm. You know, even though at the time, I, like I said, I was Knoxville Track Club and working at the Catholic High School there, you know, working with those kids. So like, I was like, you know, this is just something to kind of help, you know, pass the time until I get my degree and then, you know, hopefully going to grad school there. But uh, once like once he said it, you know, it, it just kind of dawned on me like, hey, you're already doing it. <laughs> you're already doing it. You no, know, you know, why not try to make something out of this? Why not, you know, make a career? Yeah, sometimes it's hard to see things right in front of our face, right? Yes, <laughs> yes. It's like, wait a minute, you, you are a coach. What are you doing? Why, why are you yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. Which is amazing about what you were thinking about going into social work and those kind of things. I'm such a huge advocate for coaches. There's so many amazing people who choose to be track coaches 
And sometimes I'll look mm -hmm. at him like, why are you, why are you coaching? And you know, the, yeah. kind of an off-putting question. I'm like, you could literally, like, I think you're so smart and brilliant. You could go, you could be affecting people's lives as a social worker. You could mm -hmm. be a medical doctor. You could be a teacher, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of these things, uh, because I just believe I've, I've seen so many people like you who are just awesome people and mm -hmm. you're helping people throw sticks farther. Yeah. Trust me, especially as a manufacturer of track equipment, love that yeah. you're doing that. Uh, you know, however, uh, you know, you uh, curing cancer would be better, maybe. In my mind, you know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so um, you get to Mississippi State. You have, is it fair to say no background in the javelin? It's fair to say that no background. So you saw the javelin throwers at Tennessee, and what a, another yes. school with a great tradition. Uh, right. of, of javelin throwers. So you right. obviously, uh, you know, not to belittle this, um, but you knew what the javelin was, but you had, yes. never, you had, you were a hammer shot discus and then weight throw, right? Yes. The, the only experience I had prior to coaching jab was picking up the jazz and handing it to my teammate that was throwing jab. <laughs> what a good teammate. You're like, yeah, here you go. <laughs> here you go. There you go. Just, you know, just, you might need that. <laughs> At that time, beyond the helpful teammate, any steering towards javelin like where you like and this is every actually every school that i was at coaching i used to go early because that's when the hammer throwers would practice mm -hmm. i love mm -hmm. the can't coach it would never coach it uh mm -hmm. i'd be doing a disservice athlete but i love that event like i love seeing yes. it, especially kids have never done it which is the majority right but to mm -hmm. see the development and the art and, and dance of what the the hammer is mm -hmm. Anything like that for you in the javelin? Like, did you did you watch javelins? Like, well, that's kind of a cool event, or was it just like, yeah, that's the other throwing event? Well, you know, early on when I when I first got here, maybe like the first four or five years here, you know, I I didn't have any javelin or I was like I didn't recruit it and, and until one day I had a kid you know, who walked in my office who was like six seven, and he was like I, I wanted you know he was wanting to walk on and he wanted to throw javelin. He was from New York, so I was like. Let's, let's give it a whirl. So I was like, I, and I, but I let them know up front, like, hey, this just like you learning, I'm going to be learning too. So, <laughs> so this is going to be a process for both of us. So your first four or five years at Mississippi State, you're focusing on shot, discus, and hammer. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, which in the SEC is enough, right? I mean, those three of them yeah. are just brutal. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> brutal. Um, yes. Now you're fairly or unfairly pigeonholed as a javelin coach today because of the mm -hmm. success you've had over the past mm -hmm. several years. However, uh, I know for a fact you've had success in those other events. Um, yes. Weight throw, yes. Uh, uh, score in SECs and national qualifiers and stuff like mm -hmm. that. So let's not get it twisted that this uh, is only a javelin coach here. She is a right. throws coach and, and maybe mm -hmm. now more complete throws coach because you have added the mm -hmm. javelin. Mm -hmm. To, to your repertoire, if you will say, at a high level. Right. Yeah. So, right. okay. So now this is the part everybody wants to hear. This is the only, I won't say it's the only reason, but a lot of people are here for the javelin because yeah. again, fairly or unfairly, you're pigeonholing the javelin. So talk to us about this six foot seven walk on. And I, I, I vaguely remember this. I, I, I think I remember <laughs> you calling me like, hey, this guy walked on. I got to help him out. Um, yeah. So tell me about, because what's interesting to that is, you allowed a walk on, and I know six foot seven had a lot to do with it. I know, yes. it. I know it. <laughs> but you allowed a walk on onto a soft event, meaning mm -hmm. like, oh, I don't, 
I just don't do that kid unless you're in the decathlon and heptathlon. Right. He's not messing with you. But you took right. took him on. So what was it about besides six foot seven, and how did that how that go? It, it was it was a brief stint um, because he left eventually leave to go play basketball. But the the time that I I had him. Uh, you know, just like I said, it was going to be a learned experience for him. So, you know, I'm telling him, you know, we, he, he's coming in the office. We're both watching film, you know, of some of the, the top javelin throwers in the, in the world. Um, I'm reading books and pamphlets and calling coaches that, you know, this, you know, the, the king of jav. Uh, so trying to learn from them. So we, I'm giving him information like, hey, you need to read this and stuff like that. Um, you know, so we like literally state step by step from the, the whole aspect of the throw. We you know we're just breaking it down from the impulse step to the run up to holding the jab and the pull, like every aspect of the throw. We just like we took in segments and like, okay, this is what we're gonna focus on. Even if it was just for like two or three weeks, that's that's exactly what we focus on until we get towards the end of the year or so per se, we can kind of get a, a full complete complete throw. Now, you know, don't get me wrong. He was, he was not him throwing 80 meters and stuff like that, but, <laughs> but it was you're, definitely you're a coach, not a miracle worker. Let's, exactly. Let's <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, and I, and I think he, had, he only tapped out probably throwing like 47 or 50 meters or something like that. You know, it wasn't something that's earth shattering, but to him, you know, like he, he didn't, like he didn't have any experience in it too. He just like, it was something he was willing to try and he wanted to do. So I was like, let's do it. And like you said, his bill helped out with that. So, yeah. Uh, and quick shout out, you know, we always like to ask uh, Twitter followers at my personal Twitter handle at Mike Cunningham for questions of our guests. And so I just want to give a quick shout out, Dana Boone, uh, one of my favorite um, Twitter personalities, if you will, Auntie. Yes. I love her to death. Uh, and a uh, good friend over at Penn State, Lucas McKay, had questions mm -hmm. that we'll get through here as we get to the javelin. So mm -hmm. you started out with this... <coughs> Uh, six foot seven walk on uh, javelin thrower from New York. And so mm -hmm. you described, I don't even want to say going back to the basics. You only had the basics. So learning yeah. grip and throw and things like that. Mm -hmm. who, who were some of the people you mentioned, uh, I think a website or something like that, but who, was there anybody that was instrumental? Like, oh, this person really helped me or was it a culmination of people? Well, on the on the collegiate uh, sector, you know, I, I was talking to uh, John, not John Frazier, but yeah, John Frazier at UCLA. Mm -hmm. You know, talked to him a couple times. I think I reached out to Don actually, mm -hmm. um, Don Babbitt at Georgia to you know ask, ask a couple questions, and I just finding some good reading material online from past conventions that people um, you know put put their um, symposiums up online. Just reading a lot of those things, and uh, I think it was uh, Dave Dumble. I think mm -hmm. when he was at uh, Arizona State mm -hmm. uh, reached out to him and just trying, you know, just talking to those guys and get, getting any information that I could. Uh, and just like reading uh, like the basic uh, books on, uh, I can't think of the name of the book, uh, what's the name, but the, like the, uh, the Athletes Complete Rose book. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's like the different event areas and stuff in there. Just reading that type stuff and trying to learn as much as I could about the, the javelin. And then obviously going online and then, um, Google, <laughs> Google's your best friend, <laughs> good old Google, Google, and just like researching, you know, the top javelin throwers in the world, you know, see um, any, you know, videos they might have um, that was out and just kind of watching those videos and anything, information they was putting out about the javelin as well. Well, shout out to those coaches, you know, John and Don 
and uh, Dave, I love the community of track coaches. Mm -hmm. There's no, hate to say that there's no secrets. The secrets are if you don't go out to seek them. <laughs> that's, right. that's, that's, <laughs> right. that's why it's secret because you haven't asked. But if you ask, right. in general, track coaches are just, again, some of the most selfless sharing people mm -hmm. are. So I love three, you know, really big names are there, by the way, that have produced a lot of All-Americans and school records right. there. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you'd be hard pressed to name another uh, three coaches that have uh, accomplished as much as those three have for sure. Right. So Absolutely. I love that they, you know, they reached out, but I also love this, um, you know, kind of, you know, down in the dirt, just get it done type attitude. Like, all right, I, you know, I went and Googled, like, there's no magic. I didn't, uh, yeah. you know, hire a mentor coach for a year. Like, okay, I, I got to learn. Yeah. Well, let's go learn. Right. I'll, I'll yes. let's, let's figure it out and, and figure it out together with, the, with this athlete. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Did any of that, is that where it started? Like, did you start recruiting javelin throwers off of that or? Uh, I, a, a little bit, a little bit. I, uh, I, you know, I was like, okay, now that I got a little bit like a foot in the door, if I should say mm -hmm. that I, I feel a little bit more comfortable, you know, trying to, you know, recruit in that area. So, you know, early on, you know, trying to recruit Jeff Thors, you know, at the time I was like heavy in like the um, Montana area, you know, like up in that, that part of the country trying to recruit kids and, it's, and you no, know, not early on. You no, know, like I said, this is new to me. Even with the recruiting, you know, because I'm just I'm used to just being an athlete, you know. So, which is uh, which is funny. Before I get into this, within my first four months of coaching, I called all my coaches and told them I was sorry. <laughs> because of the recruiting aspect, like how you were what, recruited, or how you were as an athlete. How I was as an athlete. <laughs> I did. I was like, I'm sorry. Like I get it. I absolutely get it now. Like, now that I'm coaching, I 100% get it. And I am sorry. I am sorry. <laughs> so let's <laughs> lesson learned. So, and they was, they were very appreciative of it too. So, yeah. <laughs> but just, you know, going on like with the recruiting area, you know, not realizing, oh man, you know, like trying to get a kid from Montana to come to Mississippi. Mm -hmm. It's, it's hard or Idaho or South or the Dakotas or whatever. It's, it's hard to get those things to come from the, that part of the country to the South. So I think I didn't get my, my big, well, I'm not going to say a big break. I didn't get a break until a kid from Texas. Um, Nick, I can Nick, Nick Sefchi. I think that's what's his name. Um, you know, I started recruiting him. And, you know, he was, at the time I think he was throwing like 170 in the jab. You know? So I was like, that's a good starting point for, you know, for me. So I was, to be honest with you, I was like, okay, he's throwing one seven, so I, I was like, I, I can only help this kid. I can't mess it up. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think he yeah, that was like my first like scholarship athlete in the jav. Yeah. So what what are the difficulties? You know, the javelin is typically a one event athlete. Mm -hmm. you know, uh, a hammer thrower at least has typically the weight throw inside, mm -hmm. and maybe some of the other thrown events. But a javelin thrower is if they're not going to be a multi athlete. Are typically just going to have an outdoor season as you right. worked with your coaching staff and your head coach back then and now with your current head coach who was an athlete of mine by the way that just tells me how old i am uh, <laughs> as you work with coach woods as you guys you know you only have so many scholarships to give out and you're in mm -hmm. arguably the toughest conference in the nation uh, mm -hmm. how difficult what are the difficulties and how do you overcome them when you're recruiting a typical one event one season athlete it's it's definitely it's definitely like it's I noticed it now that we just fresh off our indoor track and field uh conference meet. So 
so that's what, like I, I tend to notice it more then because I'm like wow we, you know we got basically three scholarship athletes back at home not being able to compete so that's that's when I really notice it when we had our uh, indoor conference championships or nationals for that matter um, but it, to be honest with you at the end of the day I, I just look at it as like you know points is points you know so and that's the ultimate goal is score points at your conference meet and nationally so if I'm able to do that that's I'm going to do it even if it is just you know a one event area so uh hopefully other coaches and kids see that like hey you know that it, it hindsight it might help them as well too not just in the, the javelin area but you know get other kids as well because like I said, that wasn't the event that, you know, it was my strongest. Like I, I literally worked from the ground up yeah, on that. And, and and I'm still learning in that area, in all the throwing areas for that matter. Uh, each day I try to learn something new and which I feel like I do. So it, they somebody gave me a chance. That's basically what it is. Somebody gave me a chance and it's been no turning back from there. So, and I thank God that somebody gave me a chance. And when it comes to all the throwing events, that's why I just hope this, if, Someone just give me the chance to prove to them, like, hey, I, I can coach the event. Then you know, it it can only grow. Like every every coach had to start from somewhere, mm-hmm. you know. Even though even my the, the mentors or the people I look up into the throwing areas, like they had to start from somewhere. They just didn't start off on top. So if the kids just give me a, a chance, I I feel like I can get, get the job done. So when it comes to recruiting the, the one event area, whether it's the jab or a person that only throws shot or a person only throws javelin, I mean discus, is you know, they just give me an opportunity that I feel like I can get I can get them there. Like I don't know everything track and field, but I, like I said, I, I'm willing to learn and I'm willing to get better as long as they're willing to get better. Now we don't talk about training specifics on this podcast. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of other great opportunities, great places, coaches collab on Facebook, USTCCA mm-hmm. and USATF Academy in schools, etc. Right. So without getting into the weeds here, how different uh, slash difficult is it to coach the javelin as compared to what I'm going to call the rotational events, the shot, the discus, and the hammer? It seems so radically different. It's to me, I, I equate it, you know, as a former jumps coach, to me, it's mm-hmm. like the pole vault. So you know, mm-hmm. I was a, you know, a, an, an average long jump, triple jump, high jump coach. Mm-hmm. I couldn't. I barely could pick up a pole vaulting pole. <laughs> I just right. so radically different, you know, and it was uh, blessed that we had other coaches who knew those events to coach them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Javelin seems that way. You know, I, I, I know, you know, gob tons of shot put and discus coaches and, you know, a good mm-hmm. handful of hammer coaches and even less Javelin coaches who say, mm-hmm. I coach Javelin. So how right. difficult is that coaching to go from what I'm going to call a linear event back and forth from linear to uh, rotational? I want to say it's difficult. I definitely say it's different. Mm. It's, 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 it's kind of like when you're, if I could say, smelling perfume and you have to, in between you, had to smell the coffee bean to switch it up so you get a, a different smell, learn a different smell from a different perfume. I kind of, I, I look at it like that. So like if I'm at a hammer practice, per se, like I, I have to, t- I take a break, like watch a video or something funny on my phone or listen to something funny on my phone to kind of like debrief and then I head into my, my second practice, which is usually my jab practice of the day. So it's, it definitely kind of kind of takes my mind off of what I, I was just doing of the rotational events and stuff like that. So, and then I kind of ease into, like you said, 
more of a, a horizontal uh, event. So it's not as it's not as difficult. It's just different. And then going from an event also where with the rotational events and stuff like that, or even if you're a shopper, maybe a glider, uh, those those kids can if they could they could they could throw every day. Mm. They they could throw every day. Whereas javelin, you know, they're not going to be throwing every day. They're not going to be throwing every day. So uh, yeah. they they could do other things, you know, like circuits and you know stuff like that. Or you know, we do yoga or swimming stuff like that. So it's not always constantly a grind of you know, okay, we're going to throw this day. You know, we're going to do other technical stuff on this day and stuff like that. There, it's other other things they can do in their training outside of just throwing and doing a lot of technical stuff all the time. So that uh, that's it's different in that aspect and it kind of helps uh, when I'm doing my training as well or setting schedules. So I didn't think we'd ever talk about snipe hunting. And I <laughs> didn't think we'd talk about perfume, uh, testing, smelling, coffee bean. Uh, that's, that's awesome. I love you to death. Um, oh, thanks. You, you must do, I mean, like that, that was a pretty specific example. Mm-hmm. smelling perfume and then coffee beans like to cleanse your palate almost right yes yeah yes um, yes so i love your thought your your example there of okay after i get done with a rotational practice getting something that breaks my mind if you will mm-hmm. to go re- get ready for the javelin um mm-hmm. th- that reminds me like when i would have a dual long jumper triple jumper and while they're mm-hmm. similar events they are different in how they're executed right. So we would only do long jump stuff on one day and triple mm-hmm. jump on the other, again, to help with that break. It wasn't, mm-hmm. uh, you, you put it really, really well there. It wasn't difficult. It was different. Mm-hmm. Like they're all difficult, right? To throw the hammer right. is, is difficult. To throw the shot correctly is difficult. To throw the javelin is difficult. So right. it's not difficult in that sense. It's different. Mm-hmm. I, think. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, you said you got your first break with the kid from Texas. Yes. Uh, as you start building success with the javelin athletes at Mississippi State, you started attracting mm-hmm. uh, better out of high school type athletes. Yeah. Tell, yeah. tell us about that process. Yeah. I, after that, uh, I, I got a kid. Um, we had a distance runner on our team, um, um, who brother who wanted to come to Mississippi State, and he had a little background in uh, in javelin. So, you know, he's like, I want to come to throw javelin. So he came here. Uh, that was my second scholarship kid. Again, I think he tapped, he tapped out at, I think, want to say 62 meters throwing. Um, he was another kid, unfortunately, left. Um, his, uh, his, his heart and his passion was bodybuilding. His, his, his mom is a professional bodybuilder, oh. and she's awesome. Yeah, so um, th- that's what he, you know, kind of wanted to follow her footsteps. So, he, you know, he left to go do that. Um, and well, while he was here, though, he uh, he opened the door for me to get uh, my first international kid, uh, Peter Antisic, uh from Poland. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he opened the door for him, and uh, Peter, uh, well, I, well, shall I say, um, and not Austin Britton, he was the one who actually kind of you know opened the door for that to get me for me to get uh, um, Peter, and Peter led to Curtis, and Curtis <laughs> he led to. Anderson, oh, shall I say, he led to Nico, um, the Spanish kid, and Spanish kid led to Anderson, and we've been rocking and rolling ever since. (laughs) That's uh, mildly putting it, yeah, Um, Mm -hmm. and we'll get to what that actual rock and roll ended up with in our last season that we had. uh, I said that's mildly putting it. Uh, So, you know, it's difficult with being a javelin coach, right, or 
Mm-hmm. And like I said, I don't want to pigeonhole you there. It's difficult being a throws coach when you're looking for javelin throwers because mm-hmm. in the United States we have 20 ish. Uh, now lately, ish. lately we've had a few more. So like, yeah, that's true. Is this helping? That's so, true. you know, South Carolina, Florida, and mm-hmm. Arizona, and I feel like mm-hmm. I'm missing one, have all added the javelin here in the last uh-huh. for high school in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Has that been yeah. helpful at all, or is it still too early in their development? I think it's been uh, very helpful because, you know, early on, you know, back in the uh, long time ago, shall I say, when they had it in high school and unfortunately for whatever reason it was, they got rid of it. Um, and I, I, I can just only imagine because, you know, the safety, you know, and we've grown so much as a nation, you know, as far as, uh, I, you know, I, I increased the knowledge of being more, having more safety in the javelin event. So I think that's the reason why they're starting to add it back into um to high school in certain states. And I, I think not, not before long, we're probably gonna have half the country that's gonna be have the Java back in high school. So I think it, it'll definitely help um, because outside of that, you don't have your club and your AAU teams and stuff like that, that to do it in. And not everyone has the availability to you know get to a good club um, team to, to be able to throw. So I do think it's gonna help adding the, the Jav back into the high school um, and hopefully prolonged, hopefully the whole country I have it here. Yeah. And let me tell you, this uh, safety reason is BS. Uh, <laughs> we have the discus. Now, I That's know we true. have a discus cage, uh, but that thing still goes, you know, <laughs> 140 to 200 feet out there. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. The javelin just looks more dangerous because it's a spear versus a right. UFO, if you will. Uh, I implore you, if you have the ears of your state association and you do not have the javelin, Mm -hmm. get it. Uh, Start it out however you have to. I think Alabama started with turbo jabs and then moved Mm -hmm. into javelins. The rubber tip. Yeah, and they're rubber tip. I care less if you do steel tip or rubber tip. Mm -hmm. Give kids an opportunity to learn more events. Mm -hmm. And this is a cool event. I mean, this is a great event and inexpensive. Like I said, yes. you know, Kansas is one of those states that has javelin mm-hmm. for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think, at least when I was back there, so this is 20 years ago, so I could be dating myself here, but I thought, I think, I, I seem to remember the majority of high school javelin competitions in the state of Kansas happening off of grass. So it wasn't mm-hmm. like you had to get a, a you know, a, a track surface and all this stuff. You just need land, which you, you have. You have a football field. Mm-hmm. It ain't going to do damage to your football field. Uh, mm-hmm. You have what, you don't need all that much land. Uh, That's true. And basically, if you have a discus area, you probably have enough area right there. But get right. started. Throw off the grass. That's mm-hmm. okay. That's perfectly fine until you get to the manicured uh, track systems out there. But giving these kids an opportunity, and it's cheap. Javelins, while there can be, we, we do definitely certainly manufacture uh, quote-unquote expensive javelins because of the right. technology that goes into them. Javelins are mm-hmm. tough because of the rules, all those diameters yes. and all that. <laughs> Uh, if you want, there's a cool, you've probably seen this, April, but if you want to know what goes into making a javelin, I just thought about this. Uh, there was a show on the Discovery Channel called How It's Made. Uh, they mm-hmm. actually came here in 12, I think, 08 or 12, and filmed mm-hmm. the javelin making process. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when, when I came here to interview from being a coach, uh, you know, it's kind of like Disney World here, you know, get mm-hmm. to go back to the back and see in javelins and pole vaults yeah. and discuses and just all this stuff is just crazy. Uh, yes. if you're a geek like me for track and field, but if you want to see yeah. how 
javelins are made, go to YouTube and just search how it's made javelins and you'll get to see all the processes. Yeah. It's ridiculous uh, that goes yeah. into making a javelin to meet the rules. Uh, but there yes. are inexpensive javelins, right. uh, literally like 150-ish dollars javelins that are perfectly mm -hmm. fine. You can throw them and they're right. efficient and everything. So please, if, if you uh, think adding more events to track and field will help athletes get scholarships to colleges and make them better yes. athletes, go to your state association. Yes. Do the, uh, the, 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 what are they? Oh gosh. Your petitions Thank and you. Yeah. I yeah yes. <laughs> That's why I have you here. Uh, <laughs> petitions going. We need, I'm so thankful for South Carolina, Florida, and I think, I think it's New Mexico um, that, has, that have recently done it. Bravo to those state mm -hmm. associations for adding events in this great sport. Um, and speaking of that, I was about to get off my soapbox, but real quick, it is the 15th of March when you're listening to this. You have about two weeks left. We're actually, I don't know if you know this. Well, you probably do, April, because you, you have and get a lot of javelins. Uh, the, the shipping companies have jacked up the pricing on javelins now. They, they basically yeah. charge it like a, a pole vault pole, which is crazy, but whatever. I, I have no control. Yeah. So for the month of March, if you buy two or more javelins from your authorized gill dealer, uh, we'll ship them for $49. So oh. March is a good time to load up, get ready for the April, May, and June seasons, and then the summer season as well. So uh, I'm gonna have to add that to. Uh, yeah, have to add that to the list. I, li I literally just sent over a gear order yesterday. Yeah. That's how you so, get the show right there. See, I wasn't gonna yeah. have her on the show, but then she placed an order, and now here we are. <laughs> yes, yes. He 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 messaged me back with the quote this morning. So That's yes, awesome. That's great. <laughs> love it. Love it. That's that was a good checkup on my teammates. Are we doing our job? Okay, perfect. We are. Good. <laughs> I have to tell my team, I was like, you got a shout out? You didn't even know on the podcast. Yeah, awesome. There you go. <laughs> okay. Off my soapbox, off my commercial. Let's talk about the last, call it three to four years mm -hmm. of Javelin. Now, I didn't do much research. And if you know of any others, hit me up on, on Twitter at, at, at Mike Cunningham. But I could only really think of one other university that had a event name. So I know a lot of them in football, right? I think Oklahoma's linebacker U, mm -hmm. um, and uh, who used to be running back U. Maybe Miami for a while was running back yeah. U, right? Uh, and certainly maybe University of Alabama's championship U right now for football. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but Baylor was quarter mile U, mm -hmm. uh, very famously. You know, Michael Johnson's mm -hmm. and Chairman Warner's, and mm -hmm. uh, I'm not even. I just named 1% of all their great quarter milers out there. Michael Ford, I know you're listening. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, quarter milers, quarter mile hurdlers. Mm -hmm. Now Mississippi State is known as JavU. Mm -hmm. How did you, for those of us who don't know, how did you earn that well-named moniker? Well, it, to be honest, that was all the kids. This all, and I, SID at the time, you know, he, you know, since we had a good group of kids, um, that was throwing well they wanted like a he wanted to put a title on them or stuff like that so i told them like hey i'm gonna leave that to you and the guys you know whatever you guys come up with I, if you like it i love it so uh they tossed around a couple names here and there and i think they end up selling on uh jab you so uh it's stuck ever since ever since then yeah you know why it's great um you probably know this now because you're in the ecosystem of mississippi state and Ole miss Mm -hmm. You know, I quickly learned that, you know, those, uh, those pranksters up there in Oxford refer to Mississippi State as Moo You. Moo <laughs> Yeah, those punks, exactly. Uh, you know, I, I, that's why I call myself an unofficial alum. I'm still, 
battle <laughs> my, uh, my friends over at Ole Miss. Um, yeah. But yeah, I love it. You know, move you, we change it to jab you. That's, that's, yeah. I like that so much better. It's so much better. Yeah. So talk to us about, you know, you don't, you don't call yourself jab you unless you can back it up. So talk to us about right. the, these athletes that uh, were, that really cr- created jab you, not the name, but because mm-hmm. of their actions. Yeah. I, and even now with the, with the guys and, and the girls too, because the girls, they, they constantly remind me they jab you as co-ed. So, yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they, they, they constantly uh, talk to me about that, but you know, even when we're at practice and stuff like that, our, our goal is not to per se, you know, you know, be jab you. We're, we're here to like become all Americans, you know, most important graduate because you're student athlete first, but you know, just, you know, take care of home, take care of business, come, come here to do what you came to do, which is so far. And, you know, if you have aspiration of throwing outside of, you know, a collegiate career, you know, going on to, you know, a professional career as well. So that's the ultimate goal. So, you know, trying to, when we're coaching and then talk to the kid, because like my kids will tell you, like, I may over, overly communicate sometimes. We sit down, we have conversation and we look up and, oh, we didn't even practice today because we're, we're talking about JAF, <laughs> you know? We just talk about the everything, like, oh, did you see what so-and-so throw? Did you see what so-and-so did or whatever? Like, just talking all, everything JAF. So, and which is good, because sometimes you, by us doing it, you know, it kind of loosens them, loosens them up a little bit, and they're not just so, like, tunnel vision all the time, like, oh, you know, I got to do this, I got to do this. It gives them a chance to kind of debrief and deload a little bit. And not um, not worry about training, but at the same time, it also makes them excited mm-hmm. about javelin. Mm-hmm. So when we, like when we're training and stuff like that, when we out trying to you know do what we have to do, we don't go out and try to you know set out to. I hate to say uphold jab you because if at the end of the day if we're doing what we're supposed to do, the jab you name but brand is going to speak for itself. Right. You know. So even when like every year I have a conversation with them, I tell them you know. When we when we set out to make it to the last meet of the year, the ultimate goal is one to get you there healthy. And when you get there, I want you to have fun. Like, don't feel like you have pressure to go out and go one, two, three. Mm-hmm. Just I just want you to go out and have fun. And if you go one, two, three, that's the bonus. Mm-hmm. That's the bonus. Like, if you 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 don't train all year round to go to nationals and not score. You don't train all year round to not make it to national. That's what that's what you that's what you're trying to do. So when we're doing that, you know, we're just looking to get there and you know score points and become all American stuff like that. Anything extra, like going one two three, is the bonus. Like when we went one two three last year, we 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 actually we went not trying to brag, we went one two three the last three meets of the year. Like that was not our goal because right. like even when I training, like I tell everybody. That when, we're, when I'm talking training, and some coaches they can't believe this, but like we train through our conference meet. We train through our conference meet. Wow. So like going into our conference meet, like my jab throwers, they're not 100. <laughs> percent They're a little sore, they're a little tired, but then after that, we you know we kind of you know deload, and then and like we come fresh and stuff like that, and do we take care of the bodies and stuff like where's chiropractor massages, you know stuff like that. We, we take care of it so their bodies are fresh. So <laughs> that's why I said a lot of coaches they're like, you know, just keep conference, you know, you, you gotta score points conference. And that's what we do. Like not going into it, like I said, I'm not trying to make you sore enough or try to get you so tired that you can't score points. 
So that because that's what we kept, that's what we want to do. We get comfy. We want to score points. So we just happened to go one, two, three. So, but that wasn't the goal because they were not a hundred percent at all. So to to build Jab U and thinking about Baylor when they were quarter mile U, it's more than any one thing, right? No one thing mm-hmm. is the thing. So you, you don't get to be Jab U if you have a national champion. You don't right. get to be Jab U if you have the conference champion or even go one, two in conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't get to be uh, Jab U if you have the national record holder. Like right. any one of those things just makes you a good coach and a good athlete and right. bravo and we move on. It takes a culmination of things. So you mm-hmm. had, I think it was Anderson, Curtis, and Nico, correct? Mm-hmm. That went one, two, three at nationals. No, Tyreek. Tyreek. Not Nico, Tyreek, yes. Nico was earlier. Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay, Tyreek. Uh, boy, it's tough when, I'm sorry, Tyreek, if you're listening. You're the third <laughs> wheel in this. I'm so sorry, because you were awesome too. Man, that's a that's a tough third wheel, buddy. Let me tell you, you, yeah. uh, you know, they give six-man awards in basketball. Whatever yeah. is above that is what you are, my man. That's, that's yes. Um, so one, two, three at nationals uh, and SECs. Um, national record the national college record mm-hmm. i believe so yeah yeah um anderson is from granada yes grenada yeah uh, grenada uh national record yes for grenada uh i hate to say obvious but obvious school record for mm-hmm. state. obviously <laughs> rewritten the top three four five spots <laughs> in, yes uh, school record history um, yes so what you know when when i first joined the sec as a sprints and jumps coach you know, other people came to me and said, you know, well, it's easier now that you're an SEC, like for the 100 meter dash, you're getting, you know, 1030, 1040 kids. And it's easier to make those kids 101, 10 flat versus me. I have to take 1090 kids and make them 1040. And I used to mm-hmm. tell them, like, well, it's not easier. Uh, you know, I may be getting a little bit better talent coming in, but to take someone from 1030 to 10 flat, well, that's hard. It's difficult <laughs> to use right. the language we talked earlier. By the way, taking someone from 109 to 1040 is also difficult. Right, absolutely. In the javelin, while I know Curtis was, he was good, not, correct me if I'm wrong, Curtis was good, not great coming out of high school. Is that fair? Yes, coming out of high school, Curtis, I think his personal best was 69 meters. Oh, God, I was thinking he was 70, so even, no. okay, so a few (laughs) meters below. So, you know, good. We're not going to turn down a 69-meter javelin thrower, but not 70-plus, right? Uh, right now, Anderson was pretty good when he when he came to Mississippi State. What what was his yes. PR? Uh, coming into Miss, uh, Mississippi State, his PR was I want to say seventy eight or seventy nine. Okay, seventy eight. Let's say seventy nine. Definitely, yes. no one's turning down a seventy nine uh, meter javelin door. But right. But it's important to hear that first number a seventy nine, not 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 an eighty. That physical yeah. number <laughs> seventy nine. And then yeah. uh, Tyreek. What was Tyreek uh, coming into Mississippi State? Uh, I. It's funny because I think a lot of information put out said he had thrown 72, which which was true, but he threw that with a 700. Mm. With the 800, he had only thrown 68. Okay, so another 68 again, good, not great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, let's list. So that's what they came in to Coach Thomas's program. Let's let's hear when they left. So let's start, let's start with Tyreek. So around a 69-meter mm-hmm. PR, what did mm-hmm. he leave as a PR? Uh, after his his first year, he threw seventy eight seventy eight, if I'm not mistaken. In his first year, yes, ten meter improvement, <laughs> dude. I mean, seriously. Okay, uh, ten meters. <laughs> 
Curtis comes in at about a 69 meter PR. Mm -hmm. Where's he at now? Uh, with me, he threw his first race 82-82, which still hurts. 12 centimeters off of going to Olympics that year. Oh, that's right. I, <laughs> my heart broke for you, Curtis. It did. I, I do remember that. Yeah. Uh, Curtis goes from 69 to 82. Mm -hmm. If you'd have said 79, I'd be like, holy crap, 10 meters. I mean, that's amazing. Like, that's an unbelievable 82. Mm -hmm. And... Anderson comes in at 78, 79, and his PR when he finished was? 87. So how do you do it? That's, <laughs> that's ultimately why jab coaches and throws coaches are listening right now. Because first of all, <laughs> what your story gives us is hope. And what I mean mm -hmm. by that is there are, uh, you know, because we don't have the opportunities in America for the javelin, as we mm -hmm. do in the shot and the discus, uh, many of our throws coaches on the collegiate levels never, not, not through any fault of their own, never got a chance to learn the events, right? And obviously we don't have right. multis uh, in the high school level very much either. Uh, certain mm -hmm. groups do, and that's that's awesome. I love love that. Uh, but not mm -hmm. many people are gonna be able to get their hands in relationship to a shot put discus uh, in their hands to throw. So mm -hmm. there's intimidation. There mm -hmm. is, uh, for uh, my words, no, Coach might not tell me this, uh, but fear. Like, I just don't know it. It's different. It's not the shot. It's right. not the discus, et cetera. Uh, so your story of being that same person, you, you talked about mm -hmm. representation matters. You being a representative of shot put and discus throwers of America mm -hmm. <laughs> as a mm -hmm. high schooler, yeah. collegiate thrower, no disc yeah. or no uh, javelin experience. And right. you, you learned it from the ground up with mentors through perseverance, mm -hmm. uh, it, not overnight, this nope. is not, you know, we're talking about you're on your 13th year. Yep. Yeah. Not overnight. This has been a process, mm -hmm. a, a process that went from zero. You knew what a javelin mm -hmm. was to right. <laughs> Olympians, national record yeah. holders. So you mm -hmm. give hope to others out there that, okay, mm -hmm. maybe I shouldn't be so intimidated. Maybe, mm -hmm. uh, maybe the real fear is I'm afraid if I try to learn the javelin, I won't be very good at it in two or three years. Well, right. here's the lesson that it might not happen in two or three years. Right. It may take 13 years to get to, to this level. And we're talking about pretty stinking high level here. Right. But here's my encouragement to you, throws coaches listening right now, and it's just fear, scareful, don't want to put the time into it because in two, three, four years, I still may not have anything to show for it. It'll mm. never happen right. if you don't start. Right. Absolutely. You got to start you, you you don't have to be perfect to start but you have to start to eventually get the perfect uh and, yes hey and spoiler alert you're never going to get the perfect that's true <laughs> sorry, sorry to bust yes. any bubble there yes but so what does it take you, you know those three athletes there two of them similar prs when they come in 69 uh sub 70 meter prs and then you get i, I have to think there's a, a not even a handful of 80 meter throwers that are coming into college right any one right. year so you get the right. i don't know if this is the appropriate way but uh i'll call it the elite athlete i won't mm -hmm. yeah um but taking an elite athlete to an even more elite athlete mm -hmm. that, that's a process that's that's difficult what those two different types of athletes that developments i'll call 69 still developmental to an 82 which is you know, you're gonna throw them in any meet and they're gonna score. Right. But to get to 87 to set national records, et cetera, is a whole different ballgame. What what was the difference in coaching and maybe not so much drills, but 
philosophy or time or um, you had talked about the mental side. What were the differences mm. in those two types of, of javelin throwers? Well, first of all, I, I want to start off and say like, when it comes to javelin, like I haven't reinvented the wheel of Wait, javelin. You're not going to give us the magic <laughs> pill? Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, if I can honestly say the magic pill is was two magic pills, patience, mm. patience and communication. Those are those are the two magic pills, and that's that's just talking to my my all my jab kids, you know, and with having such success in the jab with all the guys and you know the girls as well, we have different personalities. So that's why that's where the patience comes in for one. And when when we're tra when we're training and talking with the kids, like I use Curtis for example, coming in, you know, since he's a you know American kid, you know, coming in from a football background. But the, the more the more he did javelin, the better he got at it. He stepped away from football and just strictly strictly focused on javelin. Um, and then he had a great high school coach too, Dr. Seen. So um, you know he had uh, a good foundation coming to it, as well as all the good javelin throws I've, I've ever had. They had a great foundation coming to it. So when I approached coaching them, since they have a great foundation, and you know you can't change the previous years of uh, learn, learning and education they've gained. I, I still work with their high school coaches or whoever coached them. That's where the communication comes in it because you don't want to take them away from what what they've known. So I, you know, just working with their their coaches back home, and then you know, incorporate into the way I train and uh, doing the things we're doing. That's the main thing reason why we've had some success. You know, I think when you have you know a kid coming in um, from any part of the world or any event. If you, especially if they're good and really good, if you try to take them away from what they're they're known, then your that coach athlete relationship is going to fail. That's the before you even start training or before you even start talking throws, jumps, or sprints or whatever it might be. Like you got you got to have that strong foundation. So that's why I always communicate with them and just talk. So when we're doing certain things, they you know my athletes they tell me I tell them you have to keep it a hundred with me. You have to always communicate because I'm not a mind reader. I don't know what you, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what you're thinking. So when it comes to things that, as far as like, oh, you know, got love, you know, ache here or ache there, you know, say that to me. So you know, I'm going into practice. I say, okay, let's today, let's just do rehab. Go see the trainers and stuff like that. See what they say. So if we need to get you in for exit session with the massage therapist or the chiropractor or whatever it is, we start there. Uh, and the, the main reason I do that, and it's, it's nothing just, just mind-blowing, is because I want to have a good practice. And if you're not going to come to practice and give me your all, the only thing it's going to do is make me mad, in which I'm going to kick you out of practice. <laughs> oh, please tell me, have you ever thrown <laughs> Curtis or Anderson, any of those guys, out of practice? I think I haven't thrown them out of practice, but I will say this. Sometimes they have uh, not-so-good time management skills. Yeah. So they have been punished, and nice. my uh, the punishment is not easy. No one's <laughs> above the rules, even if you're a national record holder. You you have rules. exactly, exactly. So, like uh, so that's again that's a learning learn experience for them, and they you know you know they realize like hey, okay, I messed up, <laughs> you know. Well, I like the attitude you have on coaching athletes. You mentioned you know I work with the previous like what worked. 
it sounds like you communicate, you, you know, communication obviously is a big deal. You, you mentioned earlier about that you could be, some people could maybe consider you an over communicator. And, mm -hmm. and I'll say in today's world, I don't know that you can be an over, honestly, <laughs> you know, if, if you're over communicating, that probably means you're communicating at a highly good level. Yeah. Most of us communicate too little uh, about that. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah. you, you work with that athlete. So you don't have your ego and we all have ego. So I'm not dismissing mm. ego. I'm not, I'm unfortunately for you, maybe not saying you don't have ego because you do, right. we all do, but your mm -hmm. ego is not driven on come here and do it my way, my right. way, the highway. It reminds right. me of an old, I think it's a, I don't know if it was Confucius or Chinese proverb, but it's something about, you know, the, the reed when the wind blows, the reed, you know, bends and flows. And so it doesn't break mm. well, the, mm -hmm. stiff, the stiff tree does when the wind mm -hmm. blows to it right and so you know you can have that stiff rigid my way or the highway well typically those coaches maybe don't get everything out of all their athletes because it's right one way or the highway where you right have your and really to do this you gotta have a lot of confidence in your your basics you gotta understand yeah. I, I know the basics mm -hmm. of the events and then i'll work with yeah, I know the advanced things too, but I know there's you know more than one way to skin a cat. So I know you may be more this way, a strength person. You may be a speed person. You may be flexibility, whatever. You know, I'm, I'm yeah, yeah, up, yeah. I'm making up javelin things here because I don't know anything <laughs> so far. But um, but yeah. I love that attitude. Where, where yeah. did that uh, where that come from? I mean, that has to come from upbringing or mentor, coach, or teacher. Any, anything you can think of where that might that type of attitude came from? Uh, probably how I, it's more so probably upbringing a little bit, knowing like it's just with my, my sister. I just have one older sister, but I had a lot of I mean, a lot of young cousins and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, being around, you know, grandma and stuff like that, and grandma trying to, you know, show love to 20 plus grandkids, you know, you had to basically, you know, wait your turn. So, I think a lot of the, up, the upbringing helps with it a little bit, and knowing that hey, everything is one, it's not going to always go my way. This is not my world and everybody's living in it, but I have to, you know, just wait my turn, you know, you know, wait my turn. So when I, when I talk to the kids, I'm like, okay, I, what have you learned? How, how were you taught? And then I tell them, okay, here's, here's my thought process behind it and stuff like that, you know, not trying to, you know, and I never disrespect what they've learned or the way they've been taught um, before they got me. I just incorporate what, the way they have been taught into what I'm trying to do. And that's, that's the compromise. You know, so and then that's how they have success. You know, sometimes it works, sometimes it don't. And like I said, my kids they're quick, they're, they're quick to let me know. Okay, coach, this is not working, which is it's fine. Like if it's something's not working for my kids, I, why would why would we continue to do it? Right. <laughs> it's not it's if it's not helping them. So, you know, we just step away from it. We, we're trying a different way. And sometimes, you know, it's been some th some things we've done. That the kids didn't see and understand. You know, like why we're doing it. And later on, towards the latter end of the year, they'd be like, oh, okay, now I get it. That's the reason why we were doing things, you know. I'm, I'm never by the book type coaching. Like I do a lot of unorthodox things, you know, when I'm talking to kids. Like I relate to my kids through through dance. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I can just do whatever I can get them to kind of, how I teach them how to do certain things, you know, cause this is the generation we're living in, you know, it's all social media, music and type stuff like that. So the, any way I can kind of identi identify with them, you know, that's what I do. So does that mean you're on TikTok? I, I don't have a TikTok. I haven't reached that low yet. <laughs> I'm, I'm the biggest social media advocate I know. And I'm still like, my wife, yes. is, I'm like, you, you can have that. Show me the videos that are funny and I'll, 
I'll move along. Exactly. Okay, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, well, I love how you said, you know, the kids learn, uh, you know, what works, what doesn't work and to communicate that that's better than under communicating. Mm -hmm. Cause that sounds a lot like your, your story and your journey about after your first couple of years of coaching, you said, I went and called all my coaches and was like, I'm so sorry. I, yes. I get it now. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Well, yes. April, as we start to wrap up today, uh, what can we, you know, we got an outdoor season coming up this year. Yay. Mm -hmm. Yes, <laughs> so I know, right? So excited. Uh, yes. You know, uh, I can't imagine how excited javelin throwers are because, you know, they, they, Itching. They, they patiently waited through 2020 indoor mm -hmm. and then didn't have an outdoor at all. So they didn't have right. anything last year. What uh, what can we expect this upcoming year and maybe the next couple of years? How are things, uh, what do you think is going to happen in specifically your area at the Great Mississippi State University? Uh, well, hopefully we can continue the brand of JavU going, you know, uh, like I said earlier, you know, we're not looking to, you know, every year to, you know, go out and win nationals, although that's the goal, that's, you know, the idea of life and everything, but I know I'm, I'm realistic, I know every year that's not going to happen, but um, every year if I feel like if I can have a strong showing in that event, then I've done the JavU brand some, some, some justice, so uh that's that's the goal on both the men and women's side, as I put before, you know, we're co-ed. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's the goal. But just outside of jail, just, you know, continue to try to, you know, build the, the rest of the throwing events, you know, to, to you know, I guess, hold my name in this industry. You know, it's, it's tough anyway, being, a, you know, a female throws coach in this male dominant industry. So just trying to, you know, you know, make sure my name is in the mix of things and, you know, or when you do hear my hand, hear my name, it's not just, oh, she's just a jab coach, but, you know, hey, you know, if you scratch the surface and learn, you know, do a little, you know, homework, you see, like you said before, like I have had, you know, a shot for a disc throw or a hammer weight throw and stuff like that. So I, I, I think, I like to think that I am a, a well-versed coach and I'm capable of coaching all the events. So just if given the opportunity, I mean, you just got to give me a chance, just like, with Jeff, you know, somebody gave me a chance and the brand has been growing ever since. So uh, that's what I'm looking trying to continue the rest of the, 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 the throwing events to just giving it the chance. And like, uh, you know, like I said, I'm not perfect. Uh, every year I'm, I'm doing stuff to try to make myself better as a coach. I never want to get complacent by no means. So, you know, as long as there's still breath in my body, I feel like I should be doing my job of continuing to get better as a throws coach. Um, so just just doing that just realizing you know my success is going to be done my way I'm not going to have the same success that you know the, the Don Babbies of the world or John Smiths of the world or whoever it is you know they're going to do it their way and I'm going to do it my way you know what's, what's for me is for me so just trying to get it done the, the best that I can the way it's meant to be done. Well I think that's exactly how it's going you know when you look back at your first year of coaching you mm -hmm. never could have written this story. You know, you had to write your story no. as you moved along. And that's what yes. made it so special and unique out there. You yeah. mentioned great people like Don and John. And, uh, you know, we've talked about others like uh, Dumble and John Frazier. I mean, they're, mm -hmm. you know, the throws coaching community is so special. Great personalities, great coaches, really it is. smart. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Throws coaches to me are some of the most brilliant yes. people. Because uh, it's so technical. technical. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That and, with, and how to take it from your brain to your hands, like with, you know, using an implement in everything you do. It's just, uh, mm -hmm. it just astounds me. Uh, but you know, what I love about you, April, and one of the things I wanted to make sure I worked very hard today is you are more than the stats. 
you know, yeah. JavU is not about an 87 meter throw, a one, two, three mm -hmm. sweep at the NCAAs. Um, it, it's not what JavU is about. It's about coaching, about you bringing mm -hmm. kids together from around the world and mm -hmm. having a common goal and common communication mm -hmm. to get there. Uh, and you are more than just javelin. I mean, you know, again, we've yeah. talked about uh, other athletes and events that you've had, uh, but also you are really that you know, not to overstate it, but I, I don't think it can be overstated, that beacon of hope for others that, you know, gosh, if you can succeed from zero background in the javelin <laughs> where you are now, that others can as well yeah. in other events, not just throws. You know, there are going to be jumps coaches, sprints coaches uh, listening today that are going to be like, man, I've always feared coaching this, or I just, you know, that's, I, I'm not good enough to coach XYZ event. Uh, mm -hmm. let, it, let it be known, you know, the great Brooks Johnson says, you know, you're a track coach, not a discus coach, not a sprints coach, not right. a pole vault coach. You are a track coach. Coach the person that'll right. coach the event. So uh, I Absolutely. Just, you're a great example of some, you know, great coaches, uh, their philosophies. You're, you're, you're a shining example of that. I'm just so thankful that you'd be here today to share that journey with us. Oh, no problem at all. No problem. Uh, Well-deserved, no by the way. We didn't talk about this. I, uh, shame on me. I should have put this at the very beginning. Uh, this is April Thomas, associate head coach <laughs> of Mississippi State. That's a big deal. Uh, congratulations. That is a <laughs> thank you. Thank you. They don't hand out uh, those titles. They they just don't. Uh, you earn those titles. So I, it's it's been a journey. I will say that I, I was literally thinking about this the other day. I I honestly remember my first year here. And going to, you know, the, the, the big track meets at the end of the year where I was just a chauffeur. <laughs> you know, I, I was the chauffeur driving the kids back and forth to the track, making sure, you know, they go get, you know, food and stuff like that. Like, I, I remember those days. So, and I knew that at that time, like, I, I was like, this can't be the extent of my coaching career. This can't be it for me. So, if like, if I wanted to, you know, have, you know, someone showing at the national meet or the first round of nationals, I, I, one, I got to go out and recruit my butt off. <laughs> and two, I got to know my vendor. I got a coach. So I like to think it's been working out for me. So <laughs> you said this can't be it. Uh, and it obviously was not. It's, right. It grew to even better. Here's the cool part about it. You know, you are not even at the halfway point of your career. Yeah. What, what you're in today is not it. Uh, right. I'm just so fascinated to see you know, what you've accomplished in the 13 years, what is the next mm -hmm. 13? What's the next 20? It's, it's going to continue to grow. Uh, your journey is going to continue to help others, not only athletes, but other coaches. Uh, it's it's going to be amazing. And one day you're going to be like our good friend, Don Babbitt. You're going to have to recruit against one of your former athletes. You just know. I it. know. You're going to have to, <laughs> gonna have to, gonna have to slam your fist down. Like, you know what? I created that. That was amazing. <laughs> not him or her. <laughs> yeah, and it'll be well, absolutely well deserved. So April, thank you so much. Uh, you know, again, your time is one of the most valuable no things problem. you can give me. Uh, not only are you an awesome coach, but to me, you're an even better friend and person. I just love your personality for those, you know, we may not have done justice in this converse, in this conversation here today. If you ever see April at a track meet or at the convention, please, she doesn't know I'm to, um, to, I hope I don't embarrass her too much, but I know she'll agree to this because I know her. Uh, yeah. go, go up and introduce yourself because yeah, not only will you learn something, don't even talk about javelin or throws. Uh, will you, and you'll learn a ton from her if you ask her about those questions, but just get to know her as a person because this is one of the true gems 
true friend of mine in this industry. And I know there are tons of people listening right now that are shaking their head going, yeah, it's, April. it's <laughs> awesome. And that's exactly how I describe she's April and she's awesome. So thank you so much, April. <laughs> really do appreciate your time. Uh, no problem. And no thank, problem. And thank you for listening today. Uh, if you got any value from today and I, you know, I'd, I'd uh, give you homework to go back and listen again because April dropped a lot of gems, just real motivation there of a career that wasn't obvious to her. And obviously, thank goodness for the track community, it became obvious. Thank you, JJ Clark, by the way, uh, for bringing <laughs> this person into our profession, into our sport. So if you receive value, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that other people in your network would receive value. So help spread the word, share this uh, episode with your other javelin friends, your other coaching friends. And honestly, I think there's a lot of value here for sprints, jumps, distance, all the other event coaches here too. So share uh, on Twitter, TikTok, you won't find April on there. You won't find me on there either. Uh, but, you know, Morse code, smoke signals, whatever you're using today, uh, go share it and uh, help spread the, the value. Thanks again for being here did, today. Did we, uh, I, I mean to cut you off, so did we get around to answer the questions from Dana or Lucas or? We, we did. No, no, thank you. Hey, and I'm going to put, this is still going to be in the podcast. I'm glad you did Okay. That. So, yeah, yeah, okay. Let, uh, real quick. I, we, we kind of inadvertently did on some of them. So Dana asked, I love Dana, by the way, she was on the podcast a few weeks ago. Go check yes. it out. You're getting the uh, the bonus part of the podcast now. We never do this. Uh, so Dana asked, <laughs> how, how did you become the javelin guru? Yeah, we gotcha. I, I, yeah, we think we nailed that one. We, we did, yeah. Uh, Auntie Throw Something, my favorite person in the whole world. Uh, <laughs> I, I was, she sent me a shirt, and I was wearing it just yesterday. My kids were reading. I love it. I love her. Uh, <laughs> how, did, how did April build a culture of attracting the best jab talent in the country? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then uh, Lucas McKay, great friend of mine, who, who owes yes. me his cell phone. He left his cell phone at Nationals one year. Ooh. And no one was around. This is when you know we're packing up the stuff, right? And someone's yeah. like, "Do you know whose phone this?" Is? You know, and I was like, "How would we know what phone it is?" And it, it had like one percent battery, and it just had Penn State throws or something on the screen. Ah. Uh. I was like, uh, "Lucas, you owe me." So I was able to call. <laughs> someone else uh, that, I, that I knew that knew Lucas, probably called John yeah. or something. Anyway, but uh, yeah. Lucas asked, what's the uh, number 10 mark on the MSU top 10 list? And I did do my homework. And the reason, uh, you know, now you're in the bonus section of the podcast, but um, yeah. the reason I didn't really bring that up, it's a great question from Lucas as we're talking about depth and uh, longevity in the javelin or in any mm. event. Um, but I didn't want to, you know, your, your legacy is about what you do for the athletes and for other coaches and you're learning the event. So that's why I said, you're more than a statistic, uh, yeah. but, but quick shout out, you know, if you want to know, you know, what, what kind of marks. So the freshman javelin record, and this is on the men's side. I looked this up right before we hit record today, the freshman javelin record per the Mississippi state website. So I, mm -hmm. I think this encompasses all the way through the end of 2019 uh, mm -hmm. is 82, 82 by Anderson. That's a heck of a freshman record. Uh, but what I really love is that Anderson also owns the overall school record and it's mm -hmm. five meters, almost five meters further. It's 8731, I think, if I read my handwriting. So mm -hmm. what I love about that is it shows like, oh yeah, he was a stud. Yeah. But he got way better, like, you know, development there. Yeah. The number five mark for Mississippi State, you, you only list top five on your website, is uh, uh, it's 7574. Uh, that's a heck of a number five. Yeah. By the way, number three is is uh, 80 meters plus. So the top three are all 80 meters plus, and and poor number four comes in at 78. Uh, <laughs> you know, 78 is going to probably be the school record at 99% of the colleges out there. Yeah. This guy uh, luffed up, luffed up, and went to Mississippi State, and he's number four. So, <laughs> uh, so great question from Lucas. Uh, you know, I just didn't want to result it down to stats because April, as a person, you know, I, I'm more interested 
and Sharon April Thomas, the person who mm -hmm. profession is coaching, not gotcha. Coach Thomas. So uh, right. yeah, well, we certainly did. We hit Twitter. And now you're at the end of the bonus section. So now yeah. go spread the word. Come back next week. We'll have another great guest. And uh, thank you so much. Can't, uh, I'll never be able to say thank you. My gratitude towards our guest today and you as a listener for your time and energy. Have an awesome one, guys.